Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Really funny. Uh, what do you mean I'm funny? <laughs> it's, it's funny, you know. It's a good story. It's funny. You're a funny guy. <laughs> what do you mean? You mean the way I talk? What? It's just, you know, you, it's, you're just funny. It's... You know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how? I mean, what's funny about it? Tommy, no, you got it all wrong. He's... Oh, oh, Anthony. He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? You're right. Funny how? Just... What? Just, you know, you're, you're funny. <laughs> you mean, so? let me understand this, because I don't you know. Maybe it's me, I'm a little fucked up, maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I'm not just... You know how you tell a story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Get the fuck out of here, Tommy. You motherfucker. I almost had him. I almost had him. Stuttering, yeah, stuttering prick yet. Frankie, was he shaking? I wonder about you sometimes, Henry. You may fold under questioning. Obviously, you must be oblivious. Sleeping dragon, no such thing as coincidence. Cheshire cat with a sexy cool My big throw the mic cause he still fucking rules Got a new show and a little bit of time To show you what it's like without a number one mind Bring a few friends, maybe a brew or two Let the obviously oblivious into you Obviously oblivious With the mic and evil Cheshire cat And now, SPT45 Ah, yes. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Obviously Oblivious 0081. I am the Mike, and uh, this week it's another interview show. And uh, this week I have with me a very funny individual. He's a comedy rapper who I've been following since the old awful show days. I had the pleasure of seeing him perform live a few years ago at the Con in the Cobb in Ohio. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the very talented Devo Spice. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure. It's been meaning to talk to you for a while. I mean, we actually set this up back in June. Yeah. So it's a, it's a long time coming. Uh and a lot has happened since then. <laughs> yeah, so we can talk about it here. Yes. Throwing it right out there, I know there's uh, stuff that you can talk about or things that you may not want to talk about. That's all up to you. I have my questions here that things that I want to ask you. That's how the interview shows go. It's more so things I've always wanted to ask you in real life that I haven't gotten a chance to ask. But okay. uh, but first, um, so if anything does come up that you want to talk about, just throw it out there. I don't have to ask all the questions. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, some stuff that's pretty well known and some stuff that, uh, you know, really isn't found on readily on the internet. Okay. Well, um, I grew up in Connecticut. Um, and I, hip hop was the first style of music that I ever really took a liking to. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was like nine, 10 years old. I got into break dancing and I discovered rap music and I'm like, this is awesome. And 
I've always been a fan of of funny music, comedy stuff, and you know, I I used to walk around my elementary school singing songs that would get kids expelled nowadays, yeah. <laughs> um, because they were you know mostly about blowing up the school. Uh, but we didn't actually do that back in the eighties. No, no, no. We just sang about it. <laughs> we just sang about it. So, um, so what? And and I'm also I'm the type of person who whenever I I see something here or hear something really really cool, I, I get this itch in the back of my head going, God, I want to do something like that. So I started writing my own rap songs, and it just kind of felt natural to try to make them funny. And now, you know. God, twenty some odd years later, I am. I bill myself as the redheaded stepson of Weird Al Yankovic and Eminem. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had number one songs on the Doctor Demento show. I've performed at Nerdapalooza. I performed at Dragon Con. So you know, I've gone from you know this this scrawny little thirteen year old kid in my basement, you know, recording songs on a my my parents' boombox that I borrowed and never returned. <laughs> You know, to now I'm, you know, well, now I'm used, I'm still in my basement, but now it's my basement because I own the damn house. Yeah, so. well, that's important. So I've, I've moved up in the world. <laughs> yeah, I moved up from the basement. I'm up on the second floor now, so I even oh, feel cool. even better. All right, so you started writing your own songs and stuff. When did you decide that you wanted to take it farther? You wanted to actually make CDs and, and get it out there and start performing elsewhere besides the basement? It, it all kind of happened very gradually. Um, we started, originally it was a, a trio, it was a group, uh, we called ourselves Sudden Death, and yep. I used the name Sudden Death right up through 2008 when I finally dropped the name, um, but right around 1990, I, I kind of restructured the group so that I was the front man who did almost all the work, because I was doing all the work anyway, <laughs> and I was calling on the other guys just for help as needed, um, but what happened was in 19, late 91, when I went off to college, uh, a friend of mine who uh, is in a, was in a heavy metal band at the time, put out a demo tape, uh, a four-song demo. And it, was, it sounded awesome. It was really you know, neatly produced and everything. And I was like, I could do that. Uh-huh. I have enough material. I've got you know, 50 or 60 songs to draw from by this point. Damn. And I was like, sure, let's do it. So, but I was like, you know what? There's no reason it has to be a four-song demo. I'll just make it a full-length cassette album and release it independently. So the first independent Sudden Death released was, you know, Dead Things Can Rap 2 in 1992. Came out in January of 1992. I recorded it, like, over my Thanksgiving break when I was home from college. Um, And I've been putting out releases steadily ever since. Um, It's usually, it started out every, like, year or two. Now it's every, like, three years, roughly, is when I I can get it. Uh, but, you know, a lot more work goes into it nowadays, so it takes longer to do a song because uh, they sound better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you you evolve over the course of yeah. time. And as for the performing goes, um, I, did, uh, I did my first show, my first real show. Well, the first time I was on stage, let me back up, uh, was before we ever even recorded a song. Uh, I got on stage during um, a dance in my junior high school. And did one of the one of my songs, and I don't think anybody could understand the words. And I and I wasn't <laughs> using my music; I was using this instrumental. I think it was the instrumental of "Jam on It" by Nucleus. <sighs> that the DJ just happened to have, so I'm rapping over that. And then they call. I, so I did that, and everyone loved it. And they called me back up on stage, and I'm like, "Well, that's the only one of my songs I remember." So I started doing like my Adidas and Peter Parker, and you know the other songs mm-hmm. that I knew from the other rappers. Um, and I did like a couple shows sporadically. It wasn't until uh, like around the year 2000 when I started performing a little bit more and started getting more into it. Because what happened there was, uh, first of all, it was the second uh, Weird Al fan convention I performed at. I did one in 98 and then the second one was in 2000. But also in 2000, Icon 
which is a science fiction convention in Long Island, had Dr. Demento as a guest. Okay. And they Icon has this thing every year called the Cabaret, where they have amateur and professional talent get up on stage and do a performance. Mm-hmm. And this year they were having Dr. Demento as the host of the Cabaret. So I emailed them. I'm like, hey, I've been on the Dr. Demento show. Can I be in the Cabaret? And they were like, yeah, why not? So oh, That's awesome. So I got that was my first performance at a science fiction convention. And from there, I was like, you know what? I like this. I, I, I really enjoy performing. And so I started performing, you know, tried to get as many shows as I could regularly. And then it was about 2004 was when it clicked. And I started doing, you know, pretty much a show a month, a good, you know, either a con or a club show somewhere, roughly one a month. And I've been doing. I've been on that pace ever since. Well, you put on a good good amount of energy in your shows. I know. Uh, Thank you. Got another one coming up soon that I'm going to be attending. But uh, the one I saw out in Ohio, yeah, I really enjoyed myself. I thought it was great. Thanks. Yeah, I started doing um, this multi. I started adding this multimedia aspect to my show, uh, where I have a video screen and a projector, and I'm showing videos and animations to go along with the songs. Um, I used to do a lot more with props and costumes, and I want to start doing that again. Uh, mostly because a lot of my peers are now using video. So what used to make me stand out is now kind of run of the mill. So Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a shitty thing about being ahead of your time. You know, it's <laughs> funny that you mentioned Nucleus. little known fact about me, people. I uh, listen to that, to that song in particular at least three times a week. Nice. Yeah, it's usually if I'm heading into work and I need to be woken up or I need to get into a better mood, that's the song I put on. The extended awesome. version, too. How long is the extended version? Like 24 minutes? It's 24 something? minutes, yes. And it takes me about 22 <laughs> minutes to get to work. So I, sometimes, depending on traffic, I finish the whole thing. But it, I, did a, I did a parody of that song called I'm On It, which is about Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And I edited it down. I had all the verses in there, but I, I edited down the music breaks. And my parody is eight minutes long. Yeah, it's a long one, but it's worth it. I love that damn song. Yeah. What about What's the best thing about performing live? What do you like the best about it? Uh, the immediate reaction from the audience when mm-hmm. when I'm up on stage and there's an audience laughing, you know, in the right places, at, you know, at the jokes and everything, and they're cheering. That's the best feeling in the world. Um, the one of the and the more people there are in the crowd, the better. It's it's tough when we're performing to three people, unless they're three really appreciative people, which <laughs> I have done. But like last year, I performed at uh, Worldcon in Reno, Nevada, where again, Doctor Demento was a guest. Um, and he called me up on stage. I had my own concert separate from him, but during his perform his festival of dementia, he called me up on stage to do a song and I did, you know, my most popular song, which is cellular degeneration. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there had to be over a thousand people in that room. Wow. And most of them had never heard my music before. So there, I'm up there doing, you know, my a material in front of the crowd who likes funny music. Yeah. So, because usually I get up on stage in front of a rap crowd who has no idea <laughs> that I'm trying to be funny, or a comedy crowd who has no idea that I'm about to rap because I'm in a stand-up club, or a sci-fi crowd who has no idea what to expect at all. You know, so these people know I'm up there to be funny, and they were they ate it up. That's it was, awesome. It was a thousand people just laughing and cheering, and it was amazing. That's cool. Good for you, man. Yeah, it was great. So not only do you do um, the music thing, you also do podcasting as well. You do Manic Mondays, right? Yes, Manic Mondays is a uh, weekly comedy podcast that I do. Um, it's usually like fifteen to twenty minutes long. I play three funny songs. I do a uh, a, a comedy a, a comedy bit called News of the Stupid, where huh. each week I run down stupid people in the news who very often get arrested, hurt, or killed in the process of doing something stupid. 
Um, and then I have other segments that I do periodically as they come up. Um, the one that I'm dying to do again, which I haven't done in a long time, is horrible movie reviews, where I watch the horrible movies so you don't have to, and then I just rip apart some movie that just came out. And I, I missed my opportunity with uh, the Adam Sandler film, Jack and Jill. I really wanted to do that one, and it, it came and went so quickly I missed it. <laughs> oh, you can always like wait for the, what, the DVD or whatever, the Blu-ray yeah. release, and do yeah. a special event of it. I like to do those like as they come out in the theater. <laughs> How long have you been doing that show? Uh, I started Manic Mondays back in 2005, uh, you know, right in the beginning of podcasting, because um, I had always wanted to do a show of some kind like that. And I have a lot of friends who run this uh, internet streaming uh, station called Dementia Radio, which is at DementiaRadio.org. And they have um, live DJs every night who play funny songs and they, they do their thing. And it's great. Um, and I was like, well, I'd love to do a show like that. But, you know... The live streaming on Dementia Radio is a kind of a small audience, and I'm like, I don't know if it'd be worth it. And then um, a friend of mine, uh, Grant Pachoco of the comedy rock band Throwing Toasters, he started a podcast called The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd. And on his show, which he had on Dementia Radio at the time, he said, oh, Dr. Floyd just got 10,000 downloads. And I'm like, hello. Wow. Now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking numbers. Big numbers, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I very quickly researched podcasting and uh, set up Manic Mondays, and and we've been going going strong. Uh, there, I did take a uh, two year hiatus because I was dealing with personal crap, and the show was just getting in the way, so I just kind of ended it. Um, and then once that personal crap went away, I felt these just insane creative urge return to me, and I'm like, I need to do the show again. So that's awesome. Um, I surprised people last year at Con and the Cobb during my my concert. I got up on stage, and I'm like, you know, I used to do this show called Manic Mondays, and everybody cheered because they were all fans of the show. And I'm like, you know what? It's time to bring it back. And I launched into the new theme song that I had uh, hired a, a, a friend of mine to produce, and, and, I, and my set at Con and the Cobb was the, the return of Manic Mondays. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, I knew, it was, I knew it was gone for a while, but I didn't know, you know what the reasoning was and all that. So Yeah, it was just I was, I was under stress because of financial difficulties we were going through and stuff, and the stress of that plus all the other stuff I was doing with the thump and, and the music and stuff, and the, the, the show became a burden. Oh, no, and, no, I feel you. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking I just, about. I had to let it go. I know so. a lot of people were happy that it was back, so no, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, you brought up the thump. That was my next question. What about the thump? What's your role there? Uh, I do pretty much everything. Yeah, I, <laughs> except I, I know, music. but you, you need to elaborate. <laughs> um, the Fump was, is, for those of you who haven't heard of it, it's the Funny Music Project at thefump.com. I'm sorry I didn't say that, but it, to That's me okay. it's common knowledge. So, Yeah, the, the Fump is a made-up word, so it takes, a, it takes like drilling it repeatedly into people's heads to make them understand what I'm saying. Um, so it was, it was the brainchild of Rob Balder who stole the idea from Jonathan Colton. Mm -hmm. uh, Jonathan Colton did a, a project called Thing a Week where he wrote and released a new song every week for a year and um, gave it away for free. Yeah. And Rob is a webcomics author and realized that this is the webcomics free content model applied to music, which Rob had never even considered before, didn't think it was possible. But here, Jonathan Colton, who is now you know a huge megastar, at least on the internet, um, you know, he proved that it could be done. So Rob approached me and Worm Quartet and the great Luke Ski and Tom Smith and a bunch of other people about putting together this group project where we could take turns posting a song because he didn't think any of us were prolific enough to write a song a week. Yeah, that's, well, that's figured, a lot to ask. Yeah, if we got a bunch of us together, we could do two songs a week. Yeah. 
So we launched in 2007, and uh, we've been releasing a, song, a new song. It goes up every Tuesday and every Friday. And um, every two months, we put out a compilation album, and we sell high-quality downloads of the MP3s, and we have subscriptions where you can get all the MP3s and or the, the, the compilation CDs as well, mailed to you all together. So we've managed to monetize the site very well. Yeah, no, it's a really good job the way you guys did it. I was going to actually comment on that. Thank you. Um, so I did the the site design and programming and maintenance. I'm in the middle of a website overhaul right now. We're adding a whole bunch of new features. Uh, our big new feature that we just added was we are now accepting uh, submissions from basically the community. Anyone who thinks they have a funny song can submit it and we'll consider it. We won't automatically use it because we have to maintain a minimum level of quality. So we vote. what we do is we vote on it internally. And we've already had... Uh, a whole bunch of songs get approved. The song that's live now on the site and the song that's going live tomorrow were songs that were submitted by the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been working out great. Um, I handle the scheduling. I handle the production of the compilation CDs. I handle you know s- pretty much all the stuff that goes in on the back end that you don't see. I handle the accounting every month. I pay all the artists every month. Um, so basically I do just about damn near everything i've recently started uh i want to say pawning off but uh, delegating a little bit um we put out it we do a monthly newsletter for example just just an email newsletter that goes out to people who sign up to get it um and i recently pawned that off to one of our fans Uh, i gave him a free level two subscription so he's getting the cds now every two months that's right and he's he's taking care of writing and programming the you know the html for the newsletter once a month so huh. one thing off my plate. So and it all costs CD. It's good to delegate every once in a while. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right now we're looking for somebody to handle producing music videos because we need to be doing that more. Um, so that's the Fump. If you're listening to that, then get a hold of Devo and he's the man to talk to over at thefump.com. Actually, that's how we found you. We were doing stuff with the Fump. And that's how way, way back yep. in the day, 2007. That's yeah. takes me back. So you're a high energy guy. You can hear it by the way you talk and by all the things you do. So what do you take to stay so high energy or is it just <laughs> your personality? It's just my personality. As I said, you know, I have that creative drive that says, I, I need to do this. You know, somebody did something cool. I want to do that. I wrote a freaking novel last year. <laughs> about what? Um, it's about a, it's a comedy. I wanted to see if um, a Spaceball style spoof comedy would work in novel form. And the answer is sort of. <laughs> uh it's a comedy about a paleontologist who digs up a he's digging up a dinosaur fossil and makes the discovery of the century and gets thwarted in his attempts to uh excavate the fossil and the other discovery that's around it by a nearby uh ultra ultra conservative like like we're talking Westboro Baptist style conservative church uh-huh. who is bent upon bringing about the rapture and uh and hilarity ensues. <laughs> is this available to the general public, or is this just all not for yet? You? I have the first draft done. I need to do an. E- I need to edit it, and then I'm going to decide what I'm going to do with it. I'm probably going to podcast it and and you know put it out as a free PDF, and I'll probably sell an ebook or something like that. That's cool. It's probably not good enough to you know shop around to publishers. You know, I won't know until I get people who actually read it and tell me. But uh, it's my first novel, and generally. The first creative work you do in something isn't nearly as good as you think it is. Oh, no. I think that's with with anything that you do. Yeah. I think the novel is really good, but I'm sure I'm going to give it to my writer friends, of whom I have several, and they're going to tell me, dude, 
you know, do this. <laughs> no. <laughs> the only thing I've done right on the first try is the kid. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why we only had one. <laughs> well, I, uh, I heard some rumors talking to people over the past week that, uh, you're going to do a best of sudden death, like a compilation CD or yeah. two CDs or something like that. What, what, what's going on with that? Yeah, that's my, that's my current, uh, project of the week. Um, I'm putting together, just as you said, it's a Best of Sudden Death compilation. So this is of the the independent releases that I put out between 1992 and 2008 that I branded as Sudden Death. Um, taking those albums and I'm going to take the best out the best songs on there and put out a two CD compilation. Um, there's a neat dividing point in the Sudden Death material. The, the last three albums, Fatal Accident Zone, Die Laughing, and Fatal Error were released in the 21st century, and the earlier four albums were released in the 20th century. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether you argue that the century was 2000 or 2001, because Unplugged was 1998 and Fatal Accident Zone was 2002. So that I got it matter. covered. <laughs> yeah, you do. Well, is this going to be available on DevoSpice.com, or are you going to release yes. it somewhere else? Yeah, and that's going to be at DevoSpice.com. I don't own SuddenDeath.org anymore. Um, I donated that uh, domain to a charity. Um, they contacted me. There's some charity. Was uh, a charity called Sudden Death? It is. It's it's well, sort of. It's a it's a charity that that helps children deal with a loss in the family. Oh, so like or a si- parent dies or something like that. So okay. they wanted SuddenDeath.org, and I wow. gave it to them. So that's well, that was good of you, man. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I figured that got me some brownie points with somebody somewhere. Yeah, I didn't know. Well, karma <laughs> will get you. That's for sure. I, you know, I was thinking maybe it was like for sudden in- infant death syndrome or something like that. No, but. no. Well, no, but, that's you know I'm I'm impressed. Good job, man. I nice. like that. So so the albums. Uh, so there's going to be a two out two CD double CD. The the songs from uh, Die Laughing and Fatal Error are going to stay as is. They sound fine. The songs from Fatal Accident Zone. I'm going to at least remaster. Um, I may like clean up some of the mixing a little bit, uh, depending on which songs get chosen to go on the album. The earlier material was all recorded on a four track tape. Uh-huh. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to the original four track and digitize it and then get new mixes and remaster the those songs so that they can sound as good as possible now granted most of that stuff was all you know i recorded it on four tracks but it was like three tracks of music bounced to track four and then two more tracks of music rebounced back to track one so i have like one pre-mixed track of music and then probably like three tracks of vocals so Uh, i'm kind of limited as to what i can do but i can make it sound better than it has so, I'm sure to do a fine job. Looking forward to hearing it. So I'm I'm planning on I'm setting up a Kickstarter to fund that very soon. Um, I like I'm, that Kickstarter thing, by the way. I, do I like too. that. I'm and uh, I'm going to be doing. Um, I'm I'm going to be trying to raise fifteen hundred dollars, which will cover most, but not all of the expenses. I don't want to ask for more than that because I'm just kind of gun shy. So I, I'm I just I figured I'd round down to fifteen hundred, and I, I can come up with the rest. Um, yeah, I think Nero showed me that a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I was, he showed it to me like a while ago, but then I think it was something for you, something that you were doing, like a video game or something. Oh yeah, like yeah, that. I did a I did a Kickstarter for a video game which failed. Oh, did it? Yeah, and it was I now a good know idea why. though. I liked it though. Yeah, I, it, I think it's going to be a cool game, but I think the reason it failed was because I I couldn't convince people that I was actually capable of producing the game because in Kickstarter you have to. You can't just say, I got this awesome idea. If you give me a million dollars, I'll make it happen. You have to convince people that if they give you the million dollars, it will actually happen. So yeah. I needed a like a playable demo of the game. Um, okay. you know, just yeah. telling people that, yes, I've produced video games before. I've sold video games for many years. I licensed a video game to AOL for a ton of money. You know, the, just telling people that you know, isn't good enough. You have to actually show them a product. So Yeah. 
So for the for the sudden death Kickstarter, I'm I'm trying to I'm actually going to you know remix and remaster one of the old songs before I even launch the Kickstarter, so I can say here's what I've done so far, here's how it sounds before, here's how it sounds now, and you know it will all be glorious if you give me fifteen hundred dollars. Well, let me know when you put that up. I'd like to see it. We'll do. Uh, I'm going to be promoting the hell out of it. You'll be sick of hearing from me. Well, no, that's fine. (laughs) You actually don't promote that. I mean, you do, but you like there's a lot of people that over promote, and I think you you do it tastefully. There's a there's a there's a there's a balance because. The, the whole thing with online and social media is that people want to get to know you. Not, they, they already know your product in theory. And when you have new product, you have to promote it, obviously. And, yeah. and you can remind people about your old product, but they want to get to know you. So, you know, so I, I post on Twitter and I post on Facebook and I do a little bit on Google Plus, but I tend to forget that it's there. Yeah, uh, I forgot about that. And I, I try to post something. That you know, I, I I'll post like personal things, like "Hey, took the kids to the fair today" or whatever. And occasionally, I'll try to post something funny because you know I am a comedian. I try to <laughs> you know do that now and then. Um, and then you know when I have new stuff, I try to you know I I post about it. But I try not to ram it down people's throat that you know, hey, I have a new album out. Hey, I have a new album out. Hey, have you bought the new album yet? Hey, a new yeah, album. Yeah, that drives me nuts, man. Like I, I sometimes I'll put out a show and I, you know I put the show up and I say on Facebook and Twitter, "Hey, shows up." And that's pretty much the extent of it. Yeah. Like, if I'm going mediocre, then later in the week I'll say, hey, the show's up, by the way. And that's about as, even with mediocre, man, I'll say, we're, we're going to be on tonight at 808. And that's, that's about as much as I do because I don't want to, I just, I see so many people jamming it down your throat. I'm like, I don't want to be one of those people. Yeah, those people get annoying really fast. It's a, it's a perfect example, and, and this will segue into another story very nicely, is the Fat Boys. Yeah. Um, I grew up a huge fan of the fat boys like huge mega fan they were the ones who basically taught me how to rap i learned to rap by copying prince marky d of the fat boys and in 2009 uh this guy named uncle louie got the fat boys back together and they put out a new song and he got them on twitter and they got a website and everything and i was i was beside myself i'm like this is awesome so i immediately followed the at the fat boys account within two weeks i unfollowed it because All it was, well, first of all, it wasn't Prince Markety or Cool Rock Ski. It was Uncle Louie. It was their manager. And the second issue was there wasn't any content. It was all ads. And it wasn't even ads for Fat Boys stuff. It was ads for other stuff that were, you know, sponsored by the Fat Boys or whatever. Like every day at 2 o'clock, there was an ad for Domino's Pizza. Uh Every day at 10 in the morning, there was an ad for Fat Boys branded coffee. And it was the same cheesy joke ad that they did every day. And, and there was never any original content. It was annoying as hell. And here I am thinking, I'm one of their biggest fans, and they just turned me off. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've got, unfollowed so many that. people like that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, well, okay, so you brought that up, and I was going to bring it up later, but let's talk about it now. So yeah, things so have been resolved. Price. And for yeah. the people that don't know what's going on, don't read your blog or whatever. Well, first of all, congratulations. Because uh, everybody keeps asking me about the the issues with Uncle Louis. So what what happened? Uh, basically, what happened was one of the things Uncle Louis posted on this Fat Boys Twitter account before I unfollowed it was, "Hey, if anyone wants to get the Fat Boys on a song, hit me up." And I was like, "Surely I can't afford to get the Fat Boys on one of my songs, but let me contact him and see just in case." And he replied to me saying it was five hundred dollars for a feature, and I'm like, "I can come up with five hundred dollars." Yeah. So I did. And uh, so I wrote a song. I, I paid him the money. I paid him the five hundred dollars, and I told him the song wasn't ready, you know. But I wanted to pay him then to lock in the rate 
because I figured it was going to go up if as the, if the Fat Boys comeback was actually going to happen. Um, and uh, so I locked in, I paid them the money, locked in the rate, and then like eight months later, I finally got the song at to a state where he could he could start working on it. Uh, this was to get Prince Marky D on a, a verse on a song. The song was called Seven Deadly Sins. It's about a, a guy who is using the seven deadly sins as a checklist for how to live his life. Okay. <laughs> so I was going to do, you know, we got lust and pride and greed and whatever. And when I got to gluttony, Prince Marky D was going to interrupt me and say, no, son, you don't know how to do gluttony. I know how to do gluttony. And then he was going to launch into a fat boy's verse That's cool. about all the food he could eat. Yeah. So I sent him the verse. I got, I got in touch with Prince Marky D. I got his direct email and everything. And he promised me he'd get it done in time for my album. It didn't happen. And then after that, I kept pestering him, pestering him, pestering him for the verse. He never sent it to me. Finally, in August of last year, he told me he recorded the verse. And I'm like, great, it's finally going to happen. And he never sent it to me. And I kept pestering him and pestering him. And I was politely pestering him. I'm like, hey, what's up with the verse? Well, hey, I mean, you, you spend your money on it. You have every right yeah. to. Well, no, but I was always polite. I was always professional. So finally, this past April rolls around. And I'm like, I have to put an end to this. Because every time Marky D told me that I would have the verse soon, I got all excited. And then when it didn't arrive, I would just get depressed. Yeah. And, you know, that takes a toll on you, man. So, well, it certainly does. I was like, I have to put a stop to this. So I gave him a deadline and I said, I want, I want the verse by the end of April or I want my money back. So the end of April rolls around and Marky D again said he'd give me the verse and again he never did. So I asked for my money back and neither, of, neither Prince Marky D nor Uncle Louie ever replied to any of those emails saying that I was going to get my money back. So I ended up suing Uncle Louie to, um, because he was the one I paid, yeah. and he was the one I had the agreement with. I couldn't sue Mark because I'd never really had a legal agreement with him. Um, so I sued Uncle Louie in small claims court here in New Jersey and won. Good. Uh, so, but then I had to collect on the judgment, which is the hard part. And the judge warned me in court. He's like, you may have to take this up in Florida um, in order to get the judgment. You're going to have a hard time collecting this. Because Uncle Louie, you know, nobody from the Uncle Louie music group showed up in court. Well, it's, still, it's, the, it's the principle about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a legal judgment. You know, that he owes me $500. So that's, you know, license to do things that I couldn't do before. So um, so I finally, after the lawsuit came through and I sent Uncle Louie the copy of the judgment in the mail, I, I posted on my, um, one of my other podcasts I do is a monthly podcast called The Insider, which is just, uh, it's just me talking to my fans about what's going on and, and what I have planned and stuff like that. This, you know, and it's, and it's, not meant to be entertaining like Manic Mondays is. It's just meant to be for the hardcore fans who want to know what's going on. Yeah, I can get so that. So on the last episode of The Insider, I outlined everything that happened with the whole, the whole story that I just told you, uh, only in more detail, and posted about it. And when I tweeted about it, I mentioned, you know, this is what happened with at Uncle Louie and at the Fat Boys or at Prince Marky D. That got Uncle Louie's attention, <laughs> finally. <laughs> <laughs> and... Then he he said, dude, you sued me for something I wasn't involved in, which is bullshit. Um, and then he basically threatened me. He said that, you know, if you slander me, I'll show you a real lawsuit. This will go someplace you won't like. Um, and then he called me a racist. And okay. he called me a racist on multiple accounts, on, on multiple Twitter accounts, including, you know, the Fat Boys account, Prince Marky D's account, uh, Cool Rock Ski's account, Eric B. and Rakim's account, and a couple of the other official Uncle Louie accounts. Like Eric B. would care. Yeah, I know. So, so basically, I was called a, a racist by several of my favorite rappers. <laughs> yeah, that makes no sense. <laughs> so, 
when that happened, a couple people started taking notice, including Chozo, who was a guy who I met at Nerdapalooza. Chozo Nimpo. Yep. And he kind of took this thing and ran with it. And I'm like, okay, before this gets out of hand, I better set the record straight with what happened. And I did a blog post saying, here's what happened. And I outlined just the facts. It was very dragnet of me. This is what happened. Then this happened. Then this happened. Then this happened. Then this happened. And that was it. And then Chozo said, dude, you need to write a video. You need to make a video so we can get this posted on this big hip-hop news website that he knows. And I was like, okay. So I made a video. It came out like 22 minutes long, and it was boring as hell. So I was like, I need to make a new video. So I made a new video. This one was scripted. I tried to make it funny. I tried to make it entertaining, but still just stuck to the facts and told what happened. That video got attention. That, somebody posted that on Reddit. And from there, it just kind of took off. It's, it was up to like 9,000 views nice. by, the, you know, by the time. It, it just in like a couple of days. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Rebecca Black numbers, but, you know, it was enough to get his attention. And yeah. all of a sudden, these people I didn't know who probably had never known me before started bothering Uncle Louie on Twitter. Dude, give Devo Spice his money back. Dude, what, what the hell's wrong with you? Give Devo his money back. And that was such a great feeling, just knowing that the internet has your back. Yeah. It was the greatest feeling. So I don't know what changed his mind. Um, I don't know what it was. I don't know whether he finally saw my video or whether he finally got sick of people pestering him. But last week, I got my money back from him. I That's woke awesome. up in the morning, I checked my email on my phone, and I saw the payment from PayPal from the Uncle Louie Music Group, and I celebrated. Good for you, so, man. Uh, a win for I'm, the little guy. Yeah, I'm glad it's over, but I'm I'm sad that I never got Prince Marky D's verse. No, you know? of course, you know I, I see where you're coming from. I mean, and all those months of excitement and then letdown and excitement and letdown—that's enough to yeah. drive you insane. You yeah. know, I do have to apologize to you. Uh, Chozo contacted me, and Sea Monkey contacted us over Mediocre to, to to do something with that. But I didn't really run with it because I was worried about with the, the lawsuit stuff going on. I didn't want to make it worse for you. Yeah. So there were there was a couple things that I. Uh, offhandedly said about things, but I didn't want to make things worse. So no, it's cool. It's I, it was cool. like, I because even me, me and Eric were talking and we're like, you know, uh, is, is there something we want to do? And I said, well, if Devo wanted us to do it, I think he would have came right to us with it. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's where my stance was on it. But I'm happy that you got your money back and, and I'm glad that, you know, there still is some justice in this country and yeah. uh, I'm, I'm really happy for you. But I mean, it's a shame it didn't work out the right way though. Yeah. Because the next step, and I had, like, the day before he paid me back, I, I finally learned what I had to do to enforce the judgment in Florida. And I was about to start taking the steps to do that. And once it became enforceable in Florida, then I could have the sheriff go into his office and seize all his assets. That's cool. And I, if that was going to happen, I was going to send Chozo with a camera <laughs> just to videotape his expression. <laughs> he would have happily have done it. It didn't come to that. That well, would have been entertaining. But. It would have been entertaining, but well, I'm, glad, I'm glad it worked out in the end. Um, so I do know you have a show coming up here in September. Where's that at? That is at the M Room in Philadelphia. That's mm-hmm. with um, uh, that's a nerdcore show with uh, Jesse Dangerously and Adam Warrock and uh, Zilla Persona, a Tribe One, and Michael Cahill. I think mm-hmm. is the other guy. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I, that's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. And that's down at the M Room. And uh, what other? You have any other shows coming up? Um. Uh, the only other one I have booked uh, somewhat soon is Con on the Cob, which mm-hmm. is in Akron, Ohio in October. Uh, October. Yeah. And then uh, I've been booked for a con in uh, Roanoke, Virginia in um, in February called Mysticon. Okay. 
And uh, spring is my busy period. I have ICON and MarsCon and all that other stuff. And, and actually, I just found out today there's a Nerdapalooza NYC potentially happening. In, what? Uh, yeah, in February. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's going to be a lot easier for me to get to. Yeah, so I, 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 I emailed Hex today, and I'm like, hey, do you have any more specific dates other than just February? Because I already have Mysticon booked, and if it's the same weekend as Mysticon, I'm going to cry. But uh, he was like, no, I don't. I can't give you any other dates other than February right now. So oh, I hope that happens. That'd be awesome, because every year Ariana's telling me, well, just take some money and get a plane ticket and go down. And I'm like, uh, no. Yeah, I, I had to miss Nerdapalooza this year, and I was bummed. I was, I was so sad, because that is such an awesome event. Yeah, well, I hope it comes up north. That would be fantastic. Yeah. What about, uh, do you have any guilty pleasures? Um, I was a big fan of horror movies growing up and i've discovered i like a lot of the really bad ones um like uh like basically ice cream any, man? <laughs> yeah well basically any movie that they show on sci-fi on saturday night okay you know like mansquito <laughs> um and uh have you ever seen shark attack 3 no i can't say i've seen shark attack 3 <laughs> if you ever get the chance to watch shark attack 3 do it it is up there as one of the worst movies ever made it is hysterical how bad it is I mean, it's totally mystery science theater contender yeah, for, awesome. you know, bad movies. I love bad movies. I love good movies, too, and I'm a big fan of horror movies, especially the good ones, but they make a lot more bad ones than they do good ones. That's absolutely so, true. <laughs> I keep you I a lot busier. A I'm sorry, go ahead. DVD, uh, I actually have the DVD of uh, the remake of Fright Night upstairs waiting for me to watch. Yeah, I, I have it, but I haven't watched it yet. I may not have the DVD of it, though. I just got it from Netflix. I rented it. So Yeah. Um, what about... Here's one for you. Okay, with all this stuff going on, the Uncle Louie stuff and all the stuff that you accomplished, what are you most proud of so far to date? Uh, my accomplishments? Yeah. That would have to be owning the Dr. Demento show in 2007. Um, I had a nonstop string of hits in 2007. Uh, several number one songs. I had several songs on the Funny Five. Um, and at the end of the year... When he does his uh, Funny 25 Countdown or the Most Requested Songs of the Year, I had the number one song of the year, the number two song of the year, Damn. the number four song of the year, and I was featured on song number five. So you really did own the show that year. Yeah, I totally owned the show that year. I missed having number one, two, and three by like one vote Damn. because the, the, the number three song of the year was uh, 99 Words for Boobs, which is a fump song yeah. by uh, Robert Lund and Spaff, and it's a fantastic song. No, and it's, it's a, good, it's a our, funny song, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of our most popular songs on the site. But had that song made like number one, like in the last possible moment, and had it made like number two that week or number three, I would have had one, two, and three. I had the one, two, and three slots locked up from like July to like November, and then at the last possible minute, ninety nine words for boobs snuck into number three. Well, that's all right though. I mean, you got a lot accomplished. That's fine. Yeah, no, it was it was awesome. I mean, Weird Al hasn't even had that type of you know one two and four clustering so yeah i'm, I'm proud of that yeah, i would definitely be too that's awesome <clears throat> and with uh with all the the fump artists are is there any kind of um con that you guys would put together or do you just go to different ones we've talked about doing like a fump con um where you know we all it where it would be just funny music you know with the artists of the fump whoever was available to perform um and that kind of sort of might be easing into it next year. Um, but uh, the obviously we need money to put that on, um, you know, because you have to, you know, rent ho- you know, either a venue or a hotel or something like that. So you have to need something to put that on. Um, 
the bigger issue is getting people to come to it. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I've actually, I tried doing this myself back in uh, 2003 and 2006. I produced a show called The Odd Fest, which was, you know, exactly that. It was a funny music concert. And uh, the first night, uh, for the first Odd Fest in 2003, we had 17 people show up, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, it was okay. The second Odd Fest in 2006, this is my, my I have the saying that God hates comedy musicians. <laughs> And the second Odd Fest is always my my number one example, because the day of the second Odd Fest, which happened, which took place in New York City, was the day there was a uh, a terror threat, like like a legitimate one. It wasn't just people blowing smoke. That was the day. I don't know if you remember this, but that was the day that um, U.S. and British officials uh, stopped a plot to blow up like six planes yeah. across the Atlantic. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that was that day. <laughs> oh, great day for that then, right? Jeez. <laughs> and then, so besides everybody staying home and flights being grounded and traffic coming to a standstill, then the biggest freaking thunderstorm I've ever seen in my life rolls through New York City and the streets empty. <laughs> Nobody showed up. Not a single person came to the show. It was me and Worm Quartet and uh, Joshua Grossvent, who is now a like a morning show DJ up in Syracuse or something like that. He's a, a comedian. He's he's actually doing pretty well for himself. Um, but we performed for like the six people who were in the place already, who oh. had no idea what they were in for. That's terrible. It wasn't meant to be then. That sucks. <laughs> no, just, so that was when I swore off producing and promoting my own shows. I was like, I'm never doing this again. I can't blame you. So, <laughs> but then. Just this this past summer, uh, Jessica Delfino, who's a, a comedian in New York City, put on the New York Funny Songs Fest, and uh, she did a fantastic job. That was a four day thing. There were there was multiple venues. She had like fifty different comedy musicians performing, you know, over the course of the four nights, and she had a good crowd, you know, oh, from cool. what I saw, you know, a couple of events that I was at, and so I mean, things like this are starting to happen. But um, next year, uh, the Great Luke Ski is having like a private convention called Luke Ski Con, mm-hmm. which is basically for people who backed his Kickstarter. And uh, so he's having me and Worm Quartet and uh, a couple other fump artists. Carrie Dalby will be there. Um, I think Insane Ian will be there. So he's having us out to perform. Um, so that will be like the first, you know, unofficial fump con. That's cool. But if that happens and if there's enough demand for that, you know, maybe we'll do it officially as a fump con the following year. So oh, Sweet. Well, good luck with it, man. Thanks. Where can people find all your uh, your music and everything online? Where can they find everything? Uh, my main hub is devospice.com, D-E-V-O-S-P-I-C-E.com. Uh, uh, that's where I post all, you know, there's the, the big news items and everything are up there. Um, if you want, like, up-to-the-minute details of, like, what I've had for dinner and stuff, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm <laughs> at devospice. Uh, I do have a fan page on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash devospice. If you want to friend me on Facebook, I'm under my real name, which is Tom Rockwell. Mm-hmm. Um, I am on Google Plus as Tom Rockwell as well, and and I'm also on the Fump, obviously T H E F U M P the Fump. So, All right, cool. That's that's where I be. And then uh, if everybody, if you want to check out the, uh, if they want to check out the Kickstarter, where's that at? Uh, that hasn't launched yet. I'm planning to set up a redirect, so it will be at devospice.com/slash/kickstarter, and that will redirect you to wherever the uh, wherever the Kickstarter ends up being. Um, I do have one. I, I do have a, a poll set up right now. It's going to be running through the twenty sixth. I don't know when this episode is going to air, but it'll be running through tomorrow. Okay, August twenty sixth. Um, 
and it's at devospice.com slash poll. So if you're already familiar with my music, the sudden death stuff, uh, you know, go to devospice.com slash poll and let me know what songs you want on the best of compilation. Oh, that's a really good idea, too. All right, well, um, keep an eye out for uh, the Kickstarter program to begin and uh, support Devo because uh, this guy, he's been making me smile for years, and I want to thank you for coming on and, and for giving me some time tonight. Uh, it meant a lot to me, and I know everybody's going to love the episode, and uh, you know, I wish you the best, and keep me posted Thanks, about a lot of that stuff. Real appreciate it. And right. I will send you a song to play. I know I forgot to. Yeah, no, that's uh, okay. <laughs> what, do, what do you want to go out with? I was going to play uh, my most recent song, which is uh, which is All In My Tights, a parody of All Of The Lights by Kanye West. Okay, <laughs> All In My Tights. All yeah. right. Well, everybody else, uh, you can check out uh, Mediocre Show Wednesday night, 808 in the PM on uh, the Mediocre Radio Network. Uh, get in the chat and join us then. And Double uh, O will be back live next week, uh, next Sunday night at 7, and we'll be on the network as well. So uh, listen to us there. Get in the chat room. Uh, you can follow the show at Double O Podcast or at the mic or at SPP444. And uh, obviously, com is a forwarding address, and it takes you right to our Facebook page. And that's how we do these things. So for Devo Spice and obviously Oblivious 0081, I'm the Mike saying night, night. can't fly, but if I flex, like I am built, my nipples aim, and shoot out milk, I'm on my own, confused and scared, I'm heading home, to my secret land, and my surprise, a bald guy is recruiting me, gave me a costume from that X-Men University, red tights, black tights, blue tights, white tights, green tights, all in my tights, all in my tights. Super tight, spider tight, wonder tight All in my tights Milkman, and I'm just like a cow. It's damn demeaning, but that ain't as bad as my bill for dry cleaning. My feet are tender, so I wear Crocs. Want to impress? I stuff with socks. My secret lair is in my mom's garage. I'm painting decals on her 1987 Dodge. Orange tights, yellow tights, purple tights, brown tights, sheer tights. All in my tights.
Hi, this is the Mike Pilot here today to tell you about VaporKings.com. If you're looking for high-quality e-cig batteries and accessories, then VaporKings.com is the place for you. They're not like the gas station Walmart e-cigs that you see out there real cheap that last a day or two, and, and then they're not working anymore and you're back on the cigarettes. The parts that Vapor King sells are also compatible with many other e-cigs sold by other companies. The greatest thing that I found about Vapor Kings is their customer service. Like, if you have any questions or you don't know what to order, you can contact them right through the website, and they find the right fit for you. I mean, it, it's really easy. Besides their huge stock and wide array of product, another reason why I use Vapor Kings is their shipping. It's extremely fast. If you place an order before 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, Monday through Friday, then guess what? Your order is going to get shipped out that same day. So if you're in the market for an electronic cigarette and you want to get some new batteries or some new gear for what you have already, then go to VaporKings.com. And while you're there, put in the discount code of MEDIOCRE and you'll get 10% off. VaporKings.com. I use them and you should too. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.